Our first Gruber Cruise, part two. Going on a river cruise is much like being at summer camp with activities and schedules. Of course, the food and lodging is a lot better on the cruise, but the camaraderie and sense of adventure for each day's excursion is palpable and fun. We were pretty excited to get started our first Monday morning. The ship provided us with an overall plan showing the various options for each day. We'd received the schedule before arrival, so we pretty much knew which excursions interested us. And the night before, there was a briefing with details in the main lounge by the cruise director, Emmanuel. She turned out to have a great sense of humor and to be a delight. For our first day, we chose a tour that started at 10 o'clock, which would give us time to settle into a morning routine. I went for a swim in the tiny perfect pool, showered, met Charles, and we went looking for food. But alas, that day, it was served early. I consider myself very organized, but somehow we missed breakfast. (laughs) I was very impressed when the food and beverage manager overheard our disappointed rumblings, left a nearby meeting and found us something to eat in the bar. We learned that his name was Nedko, and more than that once, he was ready to be very helpful and caring. Most of the service staff were from Romania and Bulgaria. The ship's crew, on the other hand, was French, along with the captain. There were two toys for excursions. We selected a walking tour of Macon. It's not a very impressive place visually, but the guide was very good, and we used these gizmos that we wore around our necks to hear her. We were tied into her device by short-range radio transmitters, much like a walkie-talkie, but we could only listen, no talkie. She talked, we walked, and heard her without strain. I fought with mine for a bit as it fits over one ear and needed to be adapted, but as the cruise progressed, we were grateful for these devices. The tour was not long, and we stopped for lunch on our own at an old restaurant called Maison de Bois, made entirely, as the name suggests, out of wood. It was a gorgeous sunny day and we sat outside in a large square. Some of the ship's staff saw us and waved, but didn't interrupt. I love my simple lunch of steak haché or chopped steak or hamburger and a salad. The meat was cooked perfectly to my liking of rare and I had a fried egg on top, some frit and a decaf. I was a happy girl. I was so absorbed eating my meal that I didn't pay attention to Charles, but think he had the same thing. Afterwards, we wandered around looking in the shop windows as Mondays are not good days. Everything is closed in small French towns. We headed back to the ship for a nap and lazy time looking out at the view, and then we dressed for dinner. It was not necessary to be fancy, which was a good thing, considering the cupboard space and my minimalist packing. In the previous podcast, I mentioned that the ship was filled with naval folks on a reunion of their 50th anniversary at Annapolis. One of the couples asked to join our table. They were fascinating, and Charles was enthralled with a gentleman, Doyle Borchers, who had been a commander of the USS Carl Vincent. His wife, Joan, had been a dancer, but was now the owner of an extremely successful dance school in California. Our conversations ranged from the arts to aircraft carriers. Most importantly, my worries that the naval folks would keep to themselves were dispelled. Dinner was delicious, scallops, veal, and lots of wine, as all beverages were included in the ship's offerings. Later, there was music in the lounge, and the most awful singer performed. Her name was Marion, and I hope she has a day job. (laughs) I'm bad. We escaped the deck outside to watch the lights of the city of Lyon as we approached. We were seeing the Lyon confluence from the Saone River to the Rhone River, where we would spend the rest of our trip. The lit-up basilica was particularly impressive. Now, all this moving about is a bit confusing because we boarded in Lyon, but then we moved to another docking area near Macon. That night, we were heading back to Lyon 
for day three. As Charles and I had already done our tourist thing in Lyon, we arrived from Canada, we chose an option that called, was called Chef's Table Lunch at the Institut Paul Bocuse, which was a mix of demonstration and involvement in the preparation of the meal. It was a glorious sunny day and we decided to walk into Lyon to the Place Bellecour, where the Institute, or rather one of the sites of the Institute, is located. There are many branches of Paul Bocuse. We had not been to this area earlier in the week, so it was ripe for exploring, and it was an extremely stunning large square. We visited a gallery where there was a fascinating exhibit of modern paintings. We wandered into the streets bordering the place or square, la place or square, and Charles found a pair of suede loafers at a reasonable price. We arrived at our destination in time to meet the other 10 people involved in the class and found tall bar seats in the ultra-modern kitchen. Our menu recipes notebook and French food vocabulary translations awaited us at each place. We were having a typical Lyonnese lunch, much like the dinner I'd chosen a few nights earlier in the Bouchon, specifically canal with crayfish or sauce nantua, a salad of frise lettuce, and a dessert of meringue and custard. Nice and light lunch, not, completed the menu. Now, this was mostly a demonstration with some involvement from the class because the canal or pike dumplings needed quite a lot of pre-prep. So we got to do some stirring and mixing and forming of the canal, and we have the specific recipes for takeaway. The live crayfish prep was also done before our arrival. The salad was included, smoked, this salad included smoked pork belly, which we browned. I mixed up the vinaigrette that included Dijon, red wine vinegar, and sunflower oil. The dessert required a lot of whipping of egg whites and the vanilla custard cream needed a vanilla bean cut in half. Vanilla seems right now at that time is very expensive, so that was a real treat. Of course, the best part is the eating and after the canal was covered with sauce, it was put in a hot oven for 10 minutes, then garnished with crayfish tails. Yum. Well, it was more than yummy. It was floating rapture, light and frothy. We reserved many glasses of wine to wash all this down and then espresso with a decadent dessert and we toddled back to the ship. I knew that I would not be able to eat a morsel for dinner. However, the theme was Burgundian and we were in Burgundy after all and snails and garlic was the starter course. This was something I had not eaten for years. I decided just to have a double order and forget the main course, although looking around the dining room, I noted that many from the lunch were actually eating the entire meal including Charles. The escargot snails were wonderful and I soaked the baguette in the butter. I thoroughly enjoyed the dish, although my stomach in the middle of the night rebelled. Morning arrived to a bright day in Tournon, Tan l'Emitage, and we decided to do a hike in the vineyards and wine tasting. But first at 8.45, we went to a lecture on Van Gogh, or as some in, in uh, the Netherlands would say, Van Gogh given by Jeanette, a charming, knowledgeable speaker with a wry wit. Her pictures and story of this crazy, brilliant artist were compelling. We got an insight into his life and works and the atmosphere where he painted. And although Dutch, he spent much of his life in France. We were slated to visit Arles, where he was most prolific. It was worth reading about him. Yes, I know we always think about that missing ear, but fascinating to read why he cut it off. After, and if you go to my blog, which is suddenly70.ca, you can see the links for all these things and follow them and look at all the pictures. After the lecture, we quickly got ready for the hike. 
I was not to be dissuaded by my stomach and we headed off with the active group. Turns out it was a steep climb up rather gravelly hill mountain, but the view when we reached the top was splendid and the tour leader was knowledgeable. The way down was more challenging and we had to wait for a few ladies for about 20 minutes while they carefully navigated the route. This made us late for a presentation with a local choir at a castle and meeting up with the other groups who chosen less arduous tours. Some delightful Crows Hermitage wines were served along with wonderful regional hors d'oeuvre. My belly had recovered. <laughs> Nothing like a good wine. On our way back, we were encouraged to visit the famous chocolate shop of the region called Valrona. Now, I love chocolate and particularly Belgium dark chocolate, but there were many raves about this store. My favorite chocolate store is in Stratford, Ontario, and it's called Rio Thompson. The store is beautiful with unusual gift packages, and the chocolate is superb. So we were not as impressed, but everybody else was. We ate lunch on the ship, a buffet of salads and other goodies, but not as varied as I would have liked. Then back to our cabin, large window open and ship moving leisurely, with the view framed by the window seemed like a moving watercolor painting. Always quite soporific, and you guessed it, a lovely nap ensued. We decided to skip the red wine and chocolate pairing at four o'clock, but my appetite had returned magically by seven, and we spent a fun dinner with new friends from Australia. The Aussies always have a good time. The bar had a much better singer, Stacy, than to bed, and by the way, the large queen bed was very comfortable with the delicious duvet and crispy sheets. My morning swim was early as we planned to go to Grignon on a walking tour. The actual place of docking was Vivier. Off the ship, there were quite a few guides gathered for this expedition, and after wandering among them, I spotted Jeanette, the Van Gogh lecturer, and we joined her group. She was simply delightful and so knowledgeable, and moved quickly through the tiny streets while telling us wonderful stories. I had the gizmo working very well and could hear all, and it wasn't falling off my ear, thanks to Charles. Grignon turned out to be a charming small town with winding hilly streets covered in cobblestones. In the midst of our walk, we were expected at what was built an exclusive organ recital at the cathedral. I wonder who chooses the musicians. The church was beautiful, the organ impressive, but the organist couldn't play. I could do better, and I'm not an organist. He obviously had never learned signatures or time signatures, and there were many of us who rolled our eyes. Fortunately, it was short. We continued on our walk, and Jeanette took us to the most beautiful house that was hidden behind stone walls. One would never guess that there was a magnificent, very modern home inside. The host, a charming woman from Vietnam, told us about the history. We were invited to walk everywhere and see the rooms. The dining room table was laden with wine and delicious snacks. We walked back to the ship for lunch and then headed off to a truffle farm in a bus. Alfred, the truffle dog, was doing his job at finding truffles by the old oak trees. His master carried a large iron fork that was once used when pigs searched for truffles to dislodge the large, to dislodge the large truffles from their mouths. Pigs like truffles, dogs don't. It was fun watching him dig and even faking a truffle find so he could get his treat. The simple farmhouse had many jars of truffles and oil for sale. We were offered rosé and samples. I'm not sure whether I've mentioned this before, but Charles and I like to speak French when we have the opportunity. He has more vocabulary and I have the grammar. We are a good team. Of course, we spoke French to the truffle farmer. However, he had a very rural accent and it was a challenge. 
We dined with a young couple that evening and ate a splendid rack of lamb. We were all invited to the suite of the couple we'd met previously, Doyle and Joan Bertram. We were served cognacs, and then Charles and I headed back to our cabin. I'm going to take a break now because the highlight of our trip came the next day at our cooking class in Avignon, and I want to share it with you in detail. I would love it if you all left some comments after you heard this. Well, that's kind of tricky. I look forward to telling you about the rest of our cruise and our last few days in France. Au revoir.